Hi, everybody. It's Cleo again from Conversations with Coco and Friends. We're still on a show break this week, but we have so many incredible episodes that we want you to listen to in the meantime while we get ourselves ready and recalibrated to give you guys more incredible content. This week, I am recommending our episode on fat phobia, fashion, and inclusivity with our friend Roxy Earl. You won't want to miss this, so go back and listen to it. Don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe and let us know what you think. See you next week. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You may have seen her on Real Housewives of Toronto or Killing Her Clothing Line collaboration with Le Chateau and or speaking at the Women of Influence Conference and while just generally being a badass social media influencer. Oh, I love that. That's a great intro. I'll just use that. Hey, Roxy. Hey, Coco. Thank you so much for joining us. You, I literally would do anything for you. <laughs> I've known you for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were one of kind of, well, you were one of the first people who supported me in what I do when you worked at Amex. So I've always had love for you and I'm just Same. so excited for you and all that you're doing and just following along with you is just the most inspiring thing. So thank you for joining us in our library today. I just <laughs> said the other day, like your vibe attracts your tribe. It's true. Right? So good people, like people on the same energy length, you know, they, they, they attract each other. I totally agree with that. Today we're talking about inclusivity, my favorite phobia. Um, and we want to get right into it. Oh, let's get it. This is, you know, this is my raw topic. And and you're the best person to speak to this. So we're so happy you could join us. Thank you. What prompted you to create your clothing line with, cause you're like a businesswoman, but what put you into the fashion lane? Like what threw you in into a clothing line with Le Chateau? The absolute personal need. I literally needed a wardrobe. So when I went on The Real Housewives, I wanted these glamorous, fabulous outfits that expressed my style. And I had the means to be able to shop in a lot of different places. And I went out and I found nothing. Like this was a few years back now when I was sourcing stuff for The Housewives. And there was just literally nothing that expressed who I was, that was sophisticated, beautiful fabrics. And I said to myself, if I can't find it and I have the ability to shop a lot of places, imagine what it's like for the average woman. And that is when I decided I've got to change this. And that is totally what prompted me to start a clothing line. It is born out of necessity for me wanting a fabulous wardrobe. And then it turned into something much bigger and much greater, which was the way you feel when you put on a good outfit, you walk into a room and you have confidence. And be it that a first date, the night of your wedding, your first job interview, whatever it is, if you physically 
cannot even find an outfit that zips up and fits you. How you're, you're, you're already set back. It's like you're walking into the room with a disadvantage and you haven't even opened your mouth yet. And I just felt this has got to change. It's, it's actually not fair. Like it's not fair that girls who are smaller than me get to just be like seen as more stylish or more sophisticated or she dresses so classy. Yeah. I'd love to dress classy. So that is why I started my clothing line. I just wanted to rewind a little bit. So I actually watched you a little bit on Real Housewives of Toronto. And I wanted to know how that experience was for you as a whole. I had an amazing experience. So it's a show that is totally and utterly not who I am. But then there's aspects of it that are who I am, which is fabulous. And I'm leading this great life. And um, what responded to me was the cameras. (laughs) I loved the whole thing being filmed every day and getting to show my life. And I felt really comfortable sharing my world with people. What felt uncomfortable to me was this uh, focus that they put, A, on women fighting with one another, on women tearing each other down, and on a materialistic world, which uh, while I lead a great life, is not at anything to do with my core values. I couldn't care less about showing off a car. In fact, I think I drove my car into a curb in the first episode. (laughs) So like those aren't the things that make me tick. And so those are the aspects of the show that didn't respond to me. But the, you know, the concept of getting together with all these women and being filmed and the glam and the outfits and the fabulosity of it all, that I loved. We want to talk to you about the Tanya Gold Telegraph article. And this woman named Tanya Gold, who writes for The Telegraph, wrote an entire piece about how Nike is selling obesity um, through their mannequins to women and selling this dangerous obesity lie. The I read the entire article, and after I read it, I was irate, to say the very least. And for me personally, as a plus-size woman, I was Uh, Not irate because my feelings were hurt about it, because I think what she was saying is literal nonsense. But I was upset because I feel like other women are really hurt by this. Women who um, are really struggling with their weight or insecurity or whatever the case might be. Let's have a conversation because I saw this mannequin and I was like, "Mm, that looks like me. And I'm not heaving with fat. That's a direct quote, by the way. And I am fit and I am very healthy. And so are big girls not allowed to have cute clothes to work out in? (laughs) (laughs) I have so much to say on this topic. So I think I'm going to break it down into two things. I'm going to break it down to there is a business shift that is happening that fashion is responding to that I, as a businesswoman, am responding to. So let's start with that, that there is an unbelievable market of underserved women in all aspects of apparel. Preach. And... 67% of the women in the United States are wearing above a size 12 and 17% of the retailers cater to that. Those numbers do not make sense to me. And there's this misconception that those are above a certain size don't have the income to support 
beautiful clothes or fashionable clothes or trendy clothes. So that number right there is what you're seeing people like Nike respond to. A bunch of retailers are responding to now, but that is the business that I am focused on because it just simply does not make sense to me. You think you're telling me that women don't want to wear clothes and then you're telling me that women need to work out. So I get called fat and they're like, you need to work out, but I'm not allowed to wear workout clothes because I can't have workout clothes that fit me. I'm supposed to wear workout clothes that don't fit me, but I'm supposed to work out. That was so my biggest issue. That is like, that's that's what like sense. that makes no <laughs> sense. <laughs> so there is the aspect of it that <clears throat> on one hand, it is just great business that it does not matter your size. Think about this concept. When I'm trying to purchase something, especially apparel, if I can't see myself in it, if the woman that I'm seeing it modeled on is so far from me, mm-hmm. how am I supposed to envision myself in it? How am I supposed to think, okay, this girl is a size zero. She looks nothing like me and her body is nothing like me, but I'm supposed to buy a size 14 pant and imagine how it looks on me. It's just too much of a mental gap for a consumer. So that is why in my own campaigns, I put women of all sizes, shades, hair colors, ethnicities, ages, because I'm trying truly to make as many women as possible see themselves in the campaigns so that they can understand what the clothes look like. So that's one part of it. And then the second part of it is it's just about time. Like who said that everybody looks like these mannequins? Who said that even a mannequin's not allowed to look like the average woman on the street buying the clothes? Who's walking around in sports apparel every day? It's moms. Like let's look at the consumers of athleisure wear right now. I can tell you there's a lot of girls who are gym bunnies and there is a lot of girls who are pushing around their stroller carrying a little bit more on their hips than they would like to, but they're the woman buying clothes from Nike right now and going to a yoga class and then picking up their kids. And so it's just good business. Now, the other side of it, which is so much more personal to me, is it's an attack on an unbelievably beautiful movement that is finally happening in society and in fashion and in beauty, which is a desire to include women of more shapes, body sizes, races, ages, and so on and so forth. This inclusivity is is happening and people don't like it because it's it's anything time you rattle a system, people are assaulted by that personally. <laughs> and I would say that this journalist definitely has some self-esteem issues that were poured into that article. This is a woman who has struggled with her weight, struggled with her own acceptance. And instead of seeing the beauty in that, she instead needed to attack it because she obviously doesn't feel good about it. And she obviously sees herself as negative and she sees herself as what is the term she used? Heaving with fat. She sees herself as heaving with fat. And that's why she put it into the article. And so, um, I just think it's it's reckless. It's very reckless for a journalist of this caliber and of a publication of this level to be 
outwardly making so many women feel terrible about themselves, we have had enough attacks. And let me say that while there is a body positivity movement and a shift, we are nowhere near where we need to be. Like, I'll be the token curvy girl in an ad, but it's not like there's an array of women anymore. Like, this isn't the norm by any stretch of the imagination. I still go out and I, every time I feel like I'm the biggest girl there in like anything that I'm doing fashion related. So please don't hurt us. We're just getting started. What about this whole idea that by Nike, I mean, you kind of touched on it. Like, how can you go out and pick something up to move your body if they're not providing that for you? But the idea that that she's speaking to that it's glamorizing um, obesity. Mm -hmm. This is something I struggle with a lot because I get this feedback all the time. So I look at myself in the mirror and I don't see obesity. I don't see this terribly unhealthy, disgusting whale that people write about on Instagram. I see a beautiful woman who's working out. Could I lose a little weight to be my, you know, a healthier version of me? Absolutely, I could. But I'm still, I'm, I'm still good. And I'm active. And I work out. And I do all of those things. And why would somebody then tell me that you're not even allowed to work out. That's what she's saying. You shouldn't even be at the gym. You shouldn't even be working out because you don't even deserve to have clothes that fit you because you're too big. Well, how am I supposed to even get smaller if I desired to get smaller? But also, who says that being curvier isn't healthy? I know a lot of skinny girls who are really unhealthy. And like, healthy is the new skinny not the other way around. Like I am a lot healthier than a lot of girls I know that are smaller, but I personally struggle with this desire to um, make women want to be healthy rather than make women feel it's okay to be quote unquote obese because I get that feedback all the time, which is why I constantly share my workouts, my eating, the things I'm doing to live a great, long, happy, healthy life, have a good heart. I'm open about that stuff because I want women to be their best version of themselves. My point is bodies are different and some bodies are bigger. There's beautiful, healthy bodies that are the size of that mannequin. I'm one of them. Right. How do you, you spoke, you, you just touched on um, the negative comments that you get on Instagram, social media. Mm -hmm. One of the things I find so disheartening is that when people get them, it silences them and it stops them from continuing to post because they're just like, if I'm going to get all this negativity, why? Mm -hmm. Why engage? But you're, I'm I'm so proud of you and inspired by you because you keep going. How do you keep going? You know, I'm not going to pretend that when somebody writes me really nasty, poignant things about my body, it hurts. Like it stings. Sometimes you read these things and you're like, oh, that was like a punch to the gut. And then you kind of unravel a bit in your brain. And then I go on and I have this, like, I have this folder, which is screenshots of things women have written me. So I get thousands and thousands and thousands of personal DMs about how My Size Rocks has inspired women to lead a better life. They have better mental health, better body positivity. And those are the things that are inspiring me. The fact that I know I'm actually making a difference in women's lives, that's why I keep doing what I'm doing because the more you see it, the more it becomes the norm. The more I make beautiful, curvy bodies, sexy, healthy, fashionable, stylish, 
cute, whatever it is that they can't be and haven't been in the past, the more it just becomes normal. Like girls now see themselves. They're like, well, you look good. So I think I look good now. I'm like, yeah, I I told you you looked good, but you didn't think you looked good because you've (laughs) never seen anybody post in a bikini. And then I put up a string bikini shot of myself the other day. And I, in my brain, was like, okay, should I take that down? Should I take that down? Maybe it's, I look too big. And so I have those conversations with myself and then I snap out of it. And I remember why I'm doing it. But yeah, no, it's hard to ignore the negativity, but you just have to keep going because I'm on a mission. Like if I'm affecting many women's lives, that's selfish of me to just let this one comment stop me. No, I don't know. Maybe Maybe my ego's gotten bigger than it should be, but I feel like a lot of women need my positivity That's, we like your ego yeah, yeah keep it so I'm trying to keep it focused because I know women need it I was just gonna say even just listening to you speak is so inspiring and refreshing to just hear your confidence and how you wouldn't want to let those people down because everyone's gonna get attacked you know, mm-hmm. in, in 2019, everyone takes everything personally and they're going to be offended by something. So for you to keep persisting and moving forward, even on those low days is incredible. I also remember that we are bombarded with images of false beauty. Mm-hmm. And, and this is a thing that really is challenging for me because I'm looking at a, um, I'm looking at an Instagram post and the and media is entirely saturated with women who have altered their bodies and they're in the gym being like doing a thousand squats. It's leg day. I'm like, <laughs> you can't get that in the gym. Kim Kardashian, Kylie Jenner. Yeah. These girls, um, um, Amber, I don't know her name, like girls who I see in the media all the time. And they have these humongous bums and these tiny waists and these flat tummies and these zero thighs, but you have a huge juicy butt. No, these things aren't. And and the faces with no wrinkles, like it's just, I want to be honest and I want to keep putting out images of myself because women that are like, that's what actually a real curvy body looks like. Yeah, that's You can't have the big juicy bum without kind of some juiciness in the tummy. Exactly, exactly. Like you can't spot. <laughs> and the boobs are big and you have little stretch exactly. marks. Like if, and, and so I want to continue to show women what real looks like just so they have a diversity in their mind because otherwise your entire brain, all that's in it is images that are completely unobtainable. Yeah. And don't get me started on what men believe a body is now. Ooh, oh this my. Is like the perfect fake? Oh. No way. Yeah. Mm. Mm. My husband's like, do you think that her bum's been done? Yes, I'm like, are you is out of your mind? <laughs> like, is that even That's a question, a question you're no. asking me That's right a now. question. It's not just men. My well-educated girlfriend who was a lawyer texted me the other day and said, what class can we do? Kylie Jenner's looking really good and then sent me a photo of her. <laughs> and I said, sweetheart, you know that surgery, right? And she's like, no, no, no. But the, she's, she, I think she's doing something in the gym. Is it squats? I'm like, yeah. Honey, that is not from squats. That's not and from squats. <laughs> that then I a- sent her a before and after yeah. of Kylie Jenner. And she was like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with plastic surgery. I'm saying, let's be honest about it. Exactly. Just be honest about what you're doing to look that way. 
And that's the issue with this oversaturated Instagram feed that we're all being presented, right? So if you choose. Yes, if you choose. choose. Um, But I think still a lot of the content that is being pushed at us is false advertising in the sense of the plastic surgery that's not being openly transparent to what's actually been done, right? It's increasingly becoming the norm. We're seeing Kylie Jenner, for example, and your friends asking you what workout program she's doing. Like this is a day in, day out kind of situation that we're working with. It's it's really, really challenging because it's just your daily, every single day you're bombarded with images. Images of women in Hollywood. That's the world we're in right now. Hollywood celebrity is such a huge thing that it's crossed over into daily news. I can't read the news without reading about a Kardashian. Even if I choose to not follow or do this. And trust me, I have a love-hate relationship with the Kardashians. I love Chloe. <laughs> <laughs> And I would love to sit down and talk to Kim about some things. And I think there's things like they're all doing sort of things that I like and then things that infuriate me. So I myself um, uh, follow some. And but you it's it, they're so prevalent. The images everywhere in every tabloid, in every news article. Then you see them in movies then you see people on TV shows. It's just so 360 that. I'm really, really worried about what women think beautiful is. And so that's why I have to stay true to myself and keep putting images out there. And maybe women will see that and be like, okay, that's also beautiful. I have a question because I think we already know the answer to it, but let's ask it for the sake of asking it. Do you believe that influencers have a social responsibility to be transparent with their audience? I 1000% believe that influencers need to be transparent with their audience because they have been given influence. And so by virtue of having any responsibility and any power, you need to be careful with your power. And that's why I take such issue in huge influencers promoting skinny teas and shakes and plastic surgery and all of this stuff that's not real. I'm sorry, you have gained this audience and it's your responsibility to be honest. I was I had this idea the other day where I thought maybe I could speak to Justin Trudeau. I don't know him, so I don't know how I'm going to speak to him. But and maybe I could work on something where if you photoshopped your image or if it's if there is the image has been altered, it has to have like a sticker or a hashtag just like an ad. And that's just an idea I've thrown out there. But I think that's an interesting concept where we just I'm okay if you're going to do it. Just be transparent. This image has been altered. This has been photoshopped. This body has been. It's like I was the Cleo had um, retweeted somebody on Twitter and, and had said, don't compare yourself um, to a celebrity because they have chefs and they have um, trainers and they're, that's their job kind of to get ready for whatever they're doing. And then I thought about Instagram and I, I was thinking to myself, don't compare yourself to someone's uh, Facetune skills. Like, <laughs> boom. That, like, it, Why does everyone look so fuzzy? Oh, but also so cra- like crazy. Like if, if that person actually was couldn't walk, it's like the Barbie as I Barbieization of a body. Yeah, like, it, you know the Barbie if it was an, actually an anatomical human being that couldn't walk. So now I'm looking at people, even friends. And I'm like, girl, I just saw you. Like you, I know you. that is not I know. you. Like I know. 
but it's very tempting. Like, for example, I'm super self-conscious because I have eczema on my arms. And so I always smooth my arms Mm -hmm. because I think it's so distracting because it's something that when I don't do it, everyone talks about what's wrong with your skin. I'm like, you're supposed to be looking at my outfit. (laughs) And then I was like, I should tell people that I do that. So then I now try, I am really, 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 really try to show myself with and without makeup Uh, all the time. I'm on Instagram. I do not edit my world in that way because I want people to see everything. But then even I use filters because I'm like, oh, I look cuter with that. So it's like this world where you, it's it's like even someone like me, it's challenging is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. But I think that there's, a distinction to be made here, but because it's not either or we we live in this world where we're like, Oh, either use a filter or you don't No, no. There's a place where you can use a filter in a reasonable way. And then there's distorting your body and literally changing the size of all the things on your body. So I think that you can be intentional about how you present the things that you curate on your feed without lying. But I then my do other- not ever, ever edit my body. I would never edit my body. And believe me, I've been tempted. Or if it's like you're taking flat tummy tea and you're talking about it, you can just say, I'm taking flat tummy tea to give myself diarrhea for two days because I want a flat stomach. Yeah. Not like it, it's really working to get a flat stomach with some kind of health trick. No. It's not a health no, trick. No, it's not a health trick. I don't think a lot of young girls get it. No, no they, they really don't understand. Really don't. And that's the, that's the terrifying part. And you go back to have, uh, do influencers have responsibility? These are some of the most influential girls in the world. We've given that power to people. Every time you follow someone and buy one of their products, we give them that power. So if some of the most influential people in the world have no government or no control, they're able to make their own decisions about what influence they'd like to, uh, you know, assert. And their desires to make money And that's the driving desire behind the top influencers. So think of every other industry as governed. There's some control boards. There's some regulations. Instagram's like hashtag ad. I'm like, oh, congratulations. (laughs) Not hashtag I'm full of shit. Not hashtag I throw up my lunch to look this way. Not hashtag I got paid a million bucks to wear this and I would never in a million years wear this. Not hashtag I'll do anything for money. Like, do you see those hashtags? Because I don't. (laughs) But that's where. And so there's no regulation. So we're truly relying on these girls to influence a generation of women every single day. Zero regulation. That. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
is a bit scary. Like, you're not even allowed to swear on, on television. But you can sell flat tummy tea. You can do anything you want on Instagram, to be honest, as long as you're not showing your nipples. <laughs> it's true. So wild. No, no nipples anywhere. <laughs> I showed my nipples on Instagram. <laughs> We've touched on this a little bit, but we know that the words inclusive and diverse are kind of thrown around right now, like salt and pepper by a lot of different brands. But are brands mistaking those concepts with tokenism? There's a lot of brands that are going to ban- jump on any bandwagon and try and claim something because it's of the trend. Like that, that's in all business, right? Organic's the best example. <laughs> this is certified organic. Um, no, it's not. But it <laughs> sells something, right? People, if they think that it's a trendy word. Um, so I don't know what the question is there. Like are brands doing that? Yeah, 100%. Anyone does anything that's there. But there are some brands who are truly standing behind what they believe. So that was my follow-up question. Who do you think is doing it right? Uh, so I feel strongly about this because this was important to me in my own role, is that in my own fashion line, I felt like it wasn't just important to show women of diversity. And I'm really clear that when I say inclusivity, I'm not talking about just body types. Let's also talk about hair types. Let's talk about skin colors. Let's talk about age. Let's talk about it all. So that's inclusive when I see an array of women who look different. Um, but then I also try to ensure the, the behind the camera, the sewers, the people working, that there's diversity and inclusion in everything that goes into this company. And so I myself, that's my desire. Uh, I think some companies are doing it right. I mean, it's an overhaul of a system. But I feel really strongly that if you don't have a diversity of thought and opinion and background going into the decision making, then it's really hard for on the other end of things, things to come out truly inclusive. And I think that's where a lot of brands have gotten it wrong, where they're like, we want to be inclusive. I think that the example with the people who came out on with Revolve, I think it was LPA. Yes. I think that was a great example. It's like we have we, we want to be a part of this trend. We want to be a part of this. But we're a bunch of white girls in Southern California who are super skinny and that's our aesthetic. So we don't actually know what it feels like to be a woman who's been criticized about being fat. So they got it wrong because they were not of the mindset because they didn't understand it. So like if there's inclusion in the decision-making process of a company, I feel like it comes out in the photos, in the clothing, in the everything that goes into it. It's like funny. It's like how a Skinny man makes women's clothes mm. that are curvy. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? I'll make the clothes because I understand what I want. Because I've actually had my thighs rubbed together like hell on well wearing this shorts. And they're like, I understand. So speaking to that, what are you working on now? Well, I just dropped a swim collection. So that's awesome with NYX. Mm -hmm. And I was really proud of that. And now I'm working on my business model is finding companies of all different genres, to be honest, where I think that my um, my skills and making it inclusive uh, could be needed. So there's all sorts of things that you might not think about that they haven't thought about that address a woman who's a little bit different that has been underserved. So I'm really interested in shapewear. I feel like that's a market where it's all negative and about covering up. And I'm like, let's 
do something different there uh, in beauty. I've got all sorts of things that I've got on my brain that I'm thinking of next for collaboration. Well, I just wanted to ask you your thoughts on Ashley Graham. I feel as though she was the first incorporation almost of what the media defines as a plus size model. So I wanted to ask you what you thought of her involvement now with such large brands. I think that Ashley Graham is great. I think that she truly, because of her mass market appeal, has changed the point of view of what uh, a bigger body uh, and beauty. And um, she's pushed the envelope there in a great way. I'm a fan of Ashley. Um, and I think it's wonderful that she's got the attention of huge brands because she can speak poignantly to them and help them, you know, be a little more inclusive. But Ashley is like, an example of someone who's just a beautiful, healthy, curvy body. I don't know that she serves uh, a much bigger woman. in. you know, there's a lot yeah. of women that would feel that that's a lot of women would say uh, that someone of my size or Ashley's size, we're just curvy and beautiful, but we don't represent the fat girls <laughs> that are really getting the negativity yeah. and stuff like that. And I, I don't know. I think that no matter what size you are, nobody's happy. I'm either too big so I'm not part of one group or I'm not big enough to be represent another group. And I just think like Ashley Graham, I think all of that's just BS. I am just trying to say that there needs to be diversity. I'm trying to say that I am who I am. I am my size. My size rocks. Yeah. This is who I am. Stop labeling me. Stop putting me in a category. Women come in all shapes and sizes. I'm not trying to be anybody's leader. And I think that that's like a weird mistake brands make. They're like, you're the plus size girl. I'm like, don't call me plus size. Yeah. I am my size and my size rocks. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so who do you think is doing it right in the fashion world right now? I wear a ton of Good American. I wear Veronica Beard, one of my favorite kind of more luxe designers, um, has an inclusive size range. I wear a lot of her clothes. I've been impressed by what Eloquy has done, but they're just plus and they can't be the only option. I think the fast fashion brands are doing it well. Like I like what like pretty little things and uh, I don't love all the quality, but I feel like they're truly showing a diversity of girls and really putting clothes out on the market for them. I also, who else do I wear a lot of? I think that's about, oh, Nordstrom's I think does a good job at um, having inclusive sizing. I think Nordstrom's is the only kind of store that I consistently shop at that has my size. In-store or online? Online. In-store, that's not a thing. I don't go to in-store. <laughs> no. I don't go. I was going to be like, I've never. I don't go to there. stores. It's <laughs> the most depressing thing ever. I don't go to stores because they just don't make my size. But I do shop online and I would say those are the biggest things that I'm consuming in droves. Thank you so much for that. So we just want to say thank you to you, Roxy, for joining us today on Conversations with Coco. We were all really excited about this episode. Um, so thank you for Oh my for gosh, us. it is my absolute pleasure. I'll be here next week too. <laughs> just come back every week. <laughs> and let our listeners know where they can find you on social and all that good stuff. You can just follow along at Luxurious Roxy. And we out of here. In the meantime, follow our adventures on Instagram. That's at Coco and Co. C-O-W-E. 
See ya. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.